listening to Prime Venture Partner podcast where we bring you impactful moments from the lives of entrepreneurs, new CXOs and investors who are playing a key role in building digital India. This is Shripati Acharya, Managing Partner at Prime Venture Partners. Welcome to the podcast series by Prime Ventures. Prime is an early stage VC fund investing in technology and product focused businesses. Today we have with us Bala Parthsathi, co-founder of MoneyTap. Welcome Bala. Thanks Shripati. So Bala and I go back a long ways to our days in IIT together when we were in the same hostel as undergraduates. Since then our paths have overlapped in a number of ways. And it is and feels like a long time, but at the same time, it's just total pleasure to have you with us, Bala. Thanks. We are both still young at heart. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, let me just uh, jump right in. Bala, you were a successful entrepreneur in Snapfish when we uh, co-founded that together. And following that, you were my partner at Prime as an investor. And then you decided to take the entrepreneurial plunge back again in 2015. So what is the rationale behind that? What was your thinking? Two things. Firstly, uh, when you're a venture capitalist, you're playing the role of a coach or a team manager. When you're an entrepreneur, you're out on the field facing all the balls that come by. And I felt that there was one more game in me to go out and play in the field. So that was a personal reason. But honestly, the serious reason was the fact that the market is so huge on what MoneyTap is trying to tackle that the opportunity was just too mouthwatering for me to pass up. So it was just one of those personal passion that caused me to jump. I would call it the operational itch <laughs> to uh, get into the thick of actions. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about MoneyTap itself? MoneyTap is India's first line of credit on an app. And it's a consumer product where any consumer can download the app and apply for a, a credit line. And what a credit line means is that uh, you get approved a credit limit against which you can borrow money either as cash or as credit card, or as uh, Amazon, or Flipkart uh, vouchers, or even point of sale, where you can borrow money in pieces as much as you want, as little as you want. And you can pay it back in two months, or three months, or 36 months, or whatever you want. And it's a very flexible product aimed to give credit to the near prime, not to the upper end of the society, but to the middle class and the lower middle class. So how did you think of this as an opportunity area, an area which you wanted to get into? Back in 2015, when we were looking at this space and we spent about six months researching it, there were sort of lots of winds blowing in the right direction. So firstly, it's well known now, but smartphones were starting to take off. Data was not yet taking off, but that was a bet that we placed that somebody like Geo would come and, and make data ubiquitous and cheap. So that was number one, because that was a new way of reaching customers. So it was something new, which is a new way of reaching customers. Secondly, the we researched the market and India is very, very credit starved. It was, it is, and I think it will be, continue to be in the, in the near future. So the demand for a product like MoneyTap was just huge. And it was just very obvious as soon as we went out into the field and started talking to the people. And thirdly, some of the infrastructure required, the financial infrastructure required for providing credit on an app was being put in place because of our stint in Aadhaar. We could see that coming and a lot of those efficiency improvements that one needs in order to make credit easy were also in place or coming very soon. So all of this basically pointed in the direction of obvious opportunity that uh, one could not pass up. So a lot of tailwinds for uh, for starting that business from macro environment and perhaps a fairly acute need for capital in that segment you're targeting. So just taking a step back and looking at fintech as a whole, so what do you see today 
in 2019 as some of the exciting areas for entrepreneurs to go after. You know, some areas are probably fairly crowded and a lot of investment has gone in. What are some of the areas which you would encourage some of the entrepreneurs to look at? At the risk of, uh, you know, wanting more competition, more people entering the space, uh, I still continue to be believe in fintech. On the whole, if you look at like mega areas like retail or food or transportation, these have been disrupted retail for a while now. And still there are, you know, it's a big open space, even retail, which is e-commerce. Transportation is being disrupted by Ola. Hospitality is being disrupted by Oyo. And fintech, if you look at it in terms of uh, rupee value, it's a very, very significant amount. We're talking about lakh crores of, lakhs of crores of rupees. And this remains to be a sort of a wide open area at, at a very big picture level. There are lots of reasons for it, partly because of regulation and all of that. But this happens to be an area which is ripe for disruption. First of all, I encourage entrepreneurs to enter fintech. Now, within fintech, there are many, many domains. Payment is one obvious one, which gets a lot of attention. So by payment, I mean both from a consumer side, like phone pay and Paytms of the world, as well as on the acceptance side, which is companies like EasyTap and Pine Labs and others, which are sort of accepting Bharat Pay payments of different sort, either card or UPI. So that's one domain is payment. And payment, I still think it's open, even though obviously there are a lot of players in there. The second big spot is insurance. I think insurance is the most exciting area, honestly, if you ask me. And we looked at insurance seriously about four years ago as potential area to go. But I think that was probably too early at that time. And now I think it'll probably be the right time to enter insurance. And I think insurance tech has got a long way to go. Companies like Aco are doing some interesting work there in disrupting that space. So I would say insurance is the second one. And the area that we are in, lending, is of course a, a huge one. And the interesting thing about lending is that there is a real business model in lending, right? People have made money, people will continue to make money in lending. So this is sort of a third big area. And then there is sort of the infrastructure for finance, which uh, companies like Open, et cetera, are doing, which is to help the existing providers like, uh, you know, existing banks and others operate more efficiently. So there's sort of the whole B2B kind of space as well, which is also open. So I would say all of these are open for, for disruption. Uh, so we'll put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, you said, okay, you've named four areas, but how does uh, an entrepreneur go about choosing? So if you were starting again in 2019, what are some of the leading indicators or some of the trends you would like to see which favor success in starting some things? But the playbook we used was you need to approach this both at a top-down level and a bottom-up level. So when I said it was uh, four areas, that's kind of a top-down view into it. I think if you spend about two, three weeks, one can get a fairly good picture on what are the top-down areas? What are some of the broad potential gaps in the segment? Even in a crowded area like payments, there are still open areas. If you take lending, for example, there's consumer lending and SME lending. The consumer lending itself is a huge space that what MoneyTap is in. SME lending is another very, very big open area, which is very, very underpenetrated. Insurance has got many, many spots, so on and so forth. So I would take a, first to take a top-down view and see what are the potential areas that one can look at. So that's one vector the second vector is sort of a bottom-up. Once you've identified area to go and talk to the players, talk to consumers, talk to customers. If it's going to be SME, for example, you have to talk to SME customers. If it's going to be a B2B play, talk to the existing ecosystem and understand sort of the pain point at the ground level. Right? So understand the problem that one is trying to solve. So that is, I would say, a step two in the exercise. Step three in the exercise is to look inwards, saying, what do you bring to the table? And it's a very important one. Just because there's an open space, that doesn't mean that you can do it. 
So one has to take an honest look and say, what do you bring? Are you a techie? Are you a business person? If you are either one of them, can you get the other one? If you are a techie, can you can you find a co-founder who is a business person, or vice versa? You are a domain specialist. You know something about the area. I would say, what is your team capability, and exactly what do you bring to the table that is going to give you a competitive advantage? So this would be the third thing, and the fourth thing is sort of put it all together into a pot and say, what is sort of a unique. angle and i think sanjay swami a prime venture partner always puts it very well which is to find sort of a thin wedge to enter the space right? because you have a new player entering a existing market you need to have an angle for the consumer for the customer for your partners that you bring into the table for example the credit line was an innovation on our end which was new right? that was something did not exist we are doing something differently it could be a product it could be a tech innovation it's got to be something different some sauce it can be small but it has to be something unique so you need to find that and that is sort of the the creative angle of it this is something it has to spark in you it might do it in a day it might take it in a month me and my co-founders to come with the idea of a line of credit being a unique angle so once you have identified this then there is a last and important step which i would uh, not forget which is to put it all together into a business model and say hey is this going to make money someday so if it's going to be just a pure idea that uh, it might do well it might be an open space and you might solve a real problem but uh, i fundamentally believe in the longer term that if you don't have a viable business model where you have a path to generate revenue you have a path to generate profit then i don't think you should start today people might have gotten away with it in the past without a business model and just selling hype but today i would not start a company without having a clear picture of how to generate revenue and how to generate profit it doesn't need to be on day one but you need to have a very clear and a solid belief that will happen sometime soon so i would say these are sort of the recipe for building a company so if i may just uh, paraphrase you're saying first get a hang of the market look at a top down view get a bottom up view talk to a lot of potential customers try to actually find if what exactly is the problem statement there think of a product which is not where there is differentiation where you can use that to enter the market and then think of course of your own potential like why you uh, question and then finally uh, answer the business model question like how would this product or solution would make money so what are some of the hurdles or pitfalls and maybe you can make it specific to fintech here which you see because you have had a ringside view of a number of companies both as an entrepreneur and as an investor of having seen a number of companies at fairly close quarters so what would you say are some of the things to watch out for here which turn out to be common pitfalls so there are some things which is generic which is nothing unique to fintech so things like for example making sure that there is enough capital thinking sure making sure that you have the right team so these are very generic they'll apply to any startup so let me skip those those are you know you can go and google it and find those information but let me focus on fintech and let me focus on india which are not googleable that easily so the number one thing you need to look at in fintech is regulation so if you are in payment you need to know what npci is doing what npci is going to do if you are in lending you need to know what rbi is doing what are all the regulations in it if you are in mutual funds you need to know what sebi is doing you need to know if you are in insurance you need to know what the insurance regulator is doing so the regulation is a very very big part of any startup in india now the larger players have a inherent advantage here because they have armies of people 
who been managing the regulators and understanding this for decades as a new entrant in other countries you might be able to get away by like flouting regulations like some of the transportation guys did or airbnb did in in the us where you just kind of wing it and then deal with you get some scale and then deal with the regulator later i would not advocate that in india because regulators are pretty strict in india and and it's very hard to wing it in india so i would say regulation first understand what the pitfalls are second is you need to understand the existing incumbents and especially in finance the incumbent is usually a bank of some sort and indian banks especially the private sector banks tend to be very very well run and they might not be the cutting edge in technology but they really know what they're doing so this is not one of those things where you just kind of thumb your nose at them and say i'm going to you know crush you and so on and so forth so you need to be have the respect and and also understand what they bring to the table and find a way to sort of partner with them in a lot of cases one has to partner with them you realize that sooner or later or if you're going to compete with them understand exactly how you're competing with them so the understanding the ecosystem understanding the regulator and understanding some of the nitty gritty operational details like kyc for example in almost every form of fintech there is there will be some kyc and anti money laundering understanding fraud fraud is a super important part of all of this so it's not just about having the best uh, machine learning technology or you know best marketing team and so on and so forth one has to understand in finance some of this nitty gritty of all of these things i would say this this is what is unique so bala one of the things which i think about is like what is a normal or a good target growth rate for a fintech startup how do should they think about growth is it same as in other companies grow as fast as you can like how do you think about it So growth is like a super important thing for every entrepreneur every startup and it's really critical to get off the ground and grow fast. So I would say you have to prioritize growth over efficiency in almost all cases. So if you need to maybe overspend a little bit of money provided you've raised money or be inefficient in some way if you need to do some jugaad that is okay. So I would say growth is important and the reason why growth is important is because in fintech it's all about scale so in the ecosystem and you are going to be in an ecosystem whether it's insurance providers or banks or anybody you talk to regulators they'd want to know your scale so that's the first question you'll ask and these institutions typically tend to have very very large scale so at money tap for example until we hit the first sort of 500 crores of a book we did not get any respect people would say yeah whatever you are an experiment so they will dismiss you as like a science experiment until you get some scale and now that we crossed 1000 crores a few months ago people take us very seriously in the space so the numbers are very important and you cannot like not disclose the numbers either and it cannot be vanity metrics like you know number of installs and number of downloads they don't care so in the financial world they want to know the danda like what is the money how much are you doing right how much loans are you disbursing how much a book whatever depending on whatever your area is you need to get to scale in order to make certain things work open certain doors etc so i would say in that sense growth is super important and you should prioritize growth over efficiency however there is a catch so the catch here is that because fintech tends to be very leveraged it also is very ripe for things like fraud it's ripe for things like delinquencies so in the lending space for example if you enter delinquencies is everything money tap operates at a 1.2% delinquency which always impresses people whenever we talk to banks or lending institutions they ask this number and this is a number they say okay now now you are doing something right 
So because if you let your delinquencies and risk and fraud get out of control, then your partners, everybody tends to dismiss the whole technology. They're like, yeah, you got technology or you're basically giving away free money. So in other businesses, for example, you can give away coupons and vouchers and so on and so forth and just put on users and some other metrics just to build a community or build usage. But in finance, you cannot let go of the fundamental financial discipline, right? Whether it's fraud or delinquency or whatever that be. So I would say the mantra should be prioritize growth over efficiency, but you have to prioritize delinquency and fraud over growth. You cannot prioritize it that way, any other way around. So essentially, if you actually have some things that are not working, namely your ability to identify fraud or your ability to collect uh, loans and so forth, you can lose a lot of money very, very quickly in, in fintechs. When you look at the competition, it's uh, in the lending space in which MoneyTap broadly operates. How are you differentiating? What is unique about the MoneyTap offering here? MoneyTap is unique in the sense that it was a new product. We created a new category called the line of credit, which provided a different type of convenience to the user. And this is new. It was new when we entered. And what is new about us is that we are doing this at scale today. We're doing it at a thousand plus crore book disbursing about 2,500 crores a year. And we plan to book of about 4,000 crores next year. So scale matters, product differentiated matters. But in general, my advice to people who are entering fintech is that I would not worry too much about competition because the market is highly underpenetrated. So whenever such an underpenetrated market exists, there will be a number of players. Existing players are there. In lending, for example, people don't think of them as a competitor, but HDFC Bank is like owns 40% of the market. Bajaj is like the behemoth. So all the fintech startups put together will be like a tiny fraction of the market today. So it doesn't matter. The room for growth is just enormous. And there are many, many public companies which exist already today. HDFC Bank is public. So are like there are 100 other NBFCs which are public, which we don't even know about. And so the market is so big and it's so underpenetrated. I wouldn't worry about competition. But having said that, you do need to bring something to the table and you need to scale it like what we've been lucky enough to do with MoneyTap in order to have game. On that note, Bala, we'll call it a wrap, but thanks as always for a terrific conversation and wish you the best for MoneyTap. Thanks, Shivani. Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Prime Venture Partners Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this show so that you can stay updated with great conversations like these. You can share your feedback at our Twitter handle at the rate PrimeVP underscore in or leave your review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to the show from.